So welcome to the podcast of the European Society of Anesthesiology and Intensive Care. I'm your host, Katia Weidens, CEO of the European Society. Today we will be speaking about what AI can do for you. A recap of 23 and our 2024 resolutions. And there we have invited Professor Eduardo de Robertis, past president, and Professor Wolfgang Bure, the president uh, who started his presidency early this year. So welcome both. Eduardo, you are you ended your presidency. If you look back at 23, what are for you the most important achievements ASAIC has realized over the year? Thank you, Katie, for this uh, interesting question. <laughs> I mean, uh, well, uh, looking back uh, at the two years of my presidency, I, I have to say that it was a fascinating and exciting experience. And although uh, moving in a quite complex uh, international uh, geopolitical and economical situation, uh, our society, uh, as ICE, has been worked very hard to implement uh, a great uh, educational program that has uh, ensured uh, professionals and many, many younger colleagues to be um, equipped and with the last knowledge in our fields. Uh, the numbers are quite impressive to me. Uh, just to remember that over the last year, we had more than uh, 6,000 total views of uh, our webinar. And um, the, the concept we have uh, put in place of the team of the month has been a great, great success. And we had also more than 30,000 uh, downloads in our podcast. So what is important for me is that this means that our community uh, acknowledge what ASAIC does. And, uh, and this also is in terms of uh, the, the, the success that we, uh, we had uh, in terms of participation and also uh, of great uh, scientific program we have presented our uh, anesthesia. Uh, I mean, this confirms that, that our Congress is a highly uh, worldwide recognized moment of exchange uh, of knowledge and also exchange of all the recent achievements of, uh, in anesthesia and uh, in intensive care. Uh, I, I think that over the last months, SIC has produced uh, also several uh, important uh, uh, and well appreciated guidelines. And this, uh, this is, these are tools that are very, very important for, for, for the practice of for the everyday practice. And they are very much welcomed by our colleagues. Uh, I can just remember by heart uh, the guidelines on severe perioperative bleeding, the cardiac arrest in OR, the postoperative delirium, cardiac biomarkers and neuromuscular block fasting in, uh, in, in children. So many, many uh, aspects of our uh, daily practice have been uh, uh, touched by the, the, the society. Um, last but not least, uh, we really have observed uh, uh, an exceptional increase in numbers. I, I would say that the numbers of our uh, examination and our robust uh, system of uh, examination and certification has really uh, skyrocketed over the last year. So this 
it's very important because it means that uh, what we do is very well appreciated and we have a very, very strong community around us. And this is the, the main things that is really makes me um, proud of, of the society. And besides these areas, are there any highlights you can share about research? Uh, the, yeah, I didn't mention the, 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 all the important uh, achievement we also uh, reached in, in research. Uh, we have uh, uh, over the last year um, started several interesting uh, projects that have been uh, granted by uh, EU. This is very important in terms of uh, um, the, the relevance of our society and, and the importance of the project we are carrying out. Uh, and and also um, the involvement of the young researchers that have been also granted with our uh, research grants. So it, it's it's very an important aspects of, of of what we can offer for sure uh, to the young researchers and uh, to our community. Let's fire though. Having been a president for two years and having had the opportunity overlooking the full working model of the society. Are you now looking differently in terms of what ESAIC means for you? So could you share your, your insights to that one? Uh, yes, this is... Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's um, having had the privilege to be fully involved in, uh, in the ESAIC life. Uh, it is astonishing, I mean, what, what is behind uh, what ESAIC offer i mean it's 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 very very enormous uh, work efforts of uh, an exceptional stuff uh committed stuff of uh, that is based in in brussels um but uh, also what i have to to to, to always thank every day we all of us have to thanks is also the the endless work of hundreds of colleagues that um I mean, stealing hours to, to to their family and to um, to relax. I mean, they they really contribute to the growth of the profession uh, through the through the SI. I mean, they work for the SI. I mean, and, and, and this is uh, really astonishing. And uh, um, another aspect that really has impressed me is the 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 relevant, uh, very very relevant contribution of the younger colleagues. And um, what is important for me is that our society is mainly composed by young. And uh, also with, with a quite good uh, gender uh, balance. Uh, and, and this really um, bring me to think that um, we really have a bright future ahead. You mentioned uh, the younger colleagues, the younger generation, and this, this opens or makes a little bit a link to another question I have for Wolfgang. You have been the driver behind the mentorship program, which is a very successful and highly appreciated program. So what are your experiences and, and what kind of value does it bring into the society? Well, when looking back into the last 20 years of involvement within the ESAIC, our mentorship is one of the most significant um, things we, we realize because it's purely based on enthusiasm and it brings together mentees and mentors, different generations who are working to 
together define a, a road to a success. And as we started that program seven years ago, we were a bit frightened if it works out. But what we realized is when people together ask the right question, trying to get answers, then it flies. And I like that a lot of these people starting as mentors and mentees staying together, they form a community which lasts for a period which is much longer than the years, leading to individual but also departmental successes with a couple of people running their PhD on topics they are starting with. That's one thing. And the other thing is a cultural thing. We bring together a lot of people from all different parts of Europe with totally different backgrounds, working environments, and they learn a lot from each other by this very close cooperation. With what both of you mentioned now, we have brought some of the highlights and the projects we've been working on over 23. Now, looking into 24, we have recently rediscussed the Society's mission and vision and agreed to the following statement. Together for improved health outcomes, patient safety and greater environmental sustainability across anesthesiology and intensive care. Maybe I can start with Wolfgang here. Can you elaborate on the importance of sustainability in our mission and why is it so important for our community? Well, I think what we all learned as, as human beings in the last years is that we dramatically see the consequences, the early consequences of climate change. I think it, it became quite obvious. And as healthcare is a significant producer of emissions and within healthcare, perioperative medicine, intensive care is one of the biggest area where we need energy and materials and all other things which can contribute to climate change. I think it's our obligation as, as physicians to be on the forefront of activities which try to minimize that. Europe has signed the Green Deal and this Green Deal is by far the most ambitious um, idea of reducing the consequences of climate change. That's one thing. So we have a, a natural obligation to go for it. The second thing is only we as physicians and professionals know how to combine measures to reduce emissions, but also to guarantee patient safety. We should always remember that we expect a huge amount of patients in the upcoming years because a couple of, of generations are now reaching a lifetime which often requires medical treatment. So in fact, we have to combine two things, the highest standard of patient care, patient safety, with a reasonable approach to reduce the amount of resources we need for this medical treatment. And I think only we as professionals are able to find the right ways to discuss it with stakeholders, with patient organizations. And therefore, it's quite important that the European society is one of the, let's say, most prominent societies which 
puts this topic into the mission and vision statement. And as I just mentioned, it's, it's a European topic. It's in fact a worldwide topic, but we get so many questions from different societies throughout Europe that, uh, which asked us for recommendation guidelines, but also for toolkits, because we cannot solve that on a national level. And therefore we are working on that quite hard with a, with a very enthusiastic and good team. But also we need to advocate for that uh, at the European level as we do it together with the national societies. We've elaborated on the expert opinions from Patricio. Do you expect anything more we will deliver our community? Well, what we will deliver is very concrete toolkits, recommendations which help individual departments, clinicians in their own environment in going the road together. It may be a bit different from country to country, from situation to situation, but we will really work um, out things which can be used. And I som sometimes compare it with the patient safety movement a bit more than 10 years ago, where we also were able to define standards or recommendations which then became real-world standards to improve patient safety. I think we will we will do that. And as Eduardo pointed out, one strength of the European society is the ability to spread knowledge by education, by webinars, by congresses and publications. That means we will spread the knowledge about that topic through all of the channels we are developing we have developed during the past years. That will be the way to go. And then switching a little bit to data in general. There are many discussions going on related to real-world data, registries, impact of registries run by medical societies in shaping the European healthcare policies. How do you believe we as, as society, as ESAI, can contribute to this dialogue and discussions? Well, as you can imagine, there are a lot of, let's say, individual databases, different specialties, different patient populations. However, perioperative medicine as a, as a whole can only be overlooked by anesthesiologists because we are the last big holistic speciality and we know that, let's say, the outcome of um perioperative care can only be covered by having a holistic view, but also a view which includes real-world data and patient experience. That means one of our strategic targets in the upcoming year will be to set up a European perioperative database, which looks into not only complication techniques, but also patient outcome relatively longer than we know that from classical trials. We know that the classical trials like randomized control trials are extremely expensive and have a high likeliness to be underpowered because I think we, we are all happy that complications are very rare. That means you need enormous amounts of patients to prove or unprove an hypothesis. 
That means the society has built up a lot of experience in research through the last 15 years, starting with the clinical trial network. And this knowledge we will bring into one database, which allows us to uh, look at patient relevant outcomes in, in the next years. This data is relevant for every partner in our field, for policymakers in countries, for hospital directions, but also for the European community, for industrial partners and for ourselves. And therefore, I think the availability of uh, such a database is highly welcomed by all these stakeholders. And we have proven in the, in the last 15 years that we are able to bring people together, defining the best questions. And I think we are also able to answer these questions in the future. We talked about sustainability, the importance of data. Any other strategic projects uh, we will be focusing on in the coming years? Well, I think what we've learned from discussions with, in particular, national societies is that there is uh, all, but also expectation that we will be the voice of European anesthesia, perioperative medicine, intensive care, pain medicine, also on the level of advocacy. There are enormous questions related to the shrinking workforce, the increased need for, for care. And I think what we have to define is what do we need to uh, go into a direction where we can meet the, the, the expectations. So we will put some more energy in, in being an advocate for European anesthesia and perioperative medicine, which requires connectivity to, let's say, the European stakeholders, the European Commission, European Medicines Agency and other institutions. And I think we will do that in very, very close cooperation with also specialist societies. And we are aiming to work extremely closely together with them uh, to cover this need. Thank you. I think we really touched upon 23 and, and gave some insights for 24. I would like maybe to end with two general questions for both of you. Um, reflecting on the future of our profession, what role can, can ASAIC play here? Or where do you see ASAIC in this? Maybe Eduardo? Well, I mean, that we have... Uh, I mean, we, we, we are facing uh, several challenges uh, ahead. And uh, I think that uh, SI um, will be very important in, in, in the next future of our profession. Uh, as, as Wolfgang has pointed out, what we need is to offer the, the, the scientific support, the scientific background to uh, to have a profession that is much more aimed uh, at the perioperative medicine, at the, at the critical aspects of, of dealing with very complex patients we will have to, to, to deal with. And probably under a political point of view, 
to, to drive this change in our profession, this means more involvement in, in, in a perioperative medicine, which all our uh, holistic and broad skills uh, in, in dealing with patients uh, will be uh, really important. Probably considering less involvement in technical skills. And uh, in this, in this, in this, I mean, this, in this changing, I mean, also the role of advocacy for our society will be uh, very, very important. Well, Frank, anything you would like to add to this? I think um, the question will be about the value of being a member. And I will answer with a quote from one of the mentees I, I met last year because she said quite quite simply, the ESIC forms a very holistic professional home in allowing our members to grow into an environment which covers science, education, uh, high-impact research, but also a community of colleagues which are connected and this is independent from country and, and, and even language. And I was really interested to, to hear that how good these people in particular our young generation is connected and how hungry they are to get these insights and information and how willing they are to work with. And in fact, this quote is, is quite the short version what a, what a membership offers. You, you become a part of a highly vibrant, young, interested and, and active community. It's purely voluntarily. It's complementary with a membership in a national society. And it offers you an enormous insight into, into the field of, of our profession. And I think that's something where we can be very proud of. Um, and uh, it's also, first of all, a privilege to work together with all these colleagues, hundreds of them participating in that in that society. But it's also something which is, at least for me, uh, something I want to I want to build up on. And and then we have to, or we will be in a situation that we will even improve over all these years. Well, thank you for this. I hope that we gave the public and the listeners good insights in what we do, but also more importantly on why we do it. And this, this creates very nicely the link to, to the membership and to the nice words which came back from uh, the mentees. I would like to thank both of you for sharing your insights the challenges and also the opportunities ahead. ASAIC releases the monthly podcast on the ASAIC website and various streaming platforms. So we hope you will join us for the next one.